The following content has been provided by RWTH, Aachen University. The other thing that we see is this, um, we talked briefly about this, I think, uh, the, the long nose of innovation. You may remember the, the Casio watch with the sort of gesture-based touch interface uh, that was from like 1980-something. Um, it sometimes takes only, you know, it takes only months to move from an invention to, to a first production, but it takes sometimes decades until a product genre is actually accepted. Um, we've seen this with the, with the watch and, and gestural interfaces as an, as an example. Um, and of course, as a small company, especially these days with Kickstarter and those kinds of you know, crowdfunding your, your products, you actually have a chance to take radical moves and, and be very innovative. But large companies are struggling with that. They have a hard time being as agile as that. Uh, there are some examples in Norman's books that uh, uh, we'd like you to uh, take a look at the video phone and, and, and the section on keyboards that he talks about towards the end of his book. So basically, um, the thing to keep in mind is technology changes extremely rapidly, but people and culture change extremely slowly in comparison. Um, that's also why you know, what you learn here in DIS1 is so useful because you know, I'm, I don't see uh, brain 2.0 anywhere around the corner, so you know, the basic things of human cognition and how we think about the interaction with our environments has evolved over millions of years and is not going to change within the next 30 years. So you're going to be fine for the course of your career with the things you learned here, at least as far as they concern the human. Maybe not so much the technology, but that's why we focus more on human questions in this class. Um, finally, then, if you look at the, uh, the question of how you design or how you approach a, a solution space, uh, we've already talked about some of that when we mentioned Buxton's um, ideas of how you explore uh, design options, right? When you do incremental innovation, it's a very slow and, and, and it's, it's a natural evolution process. Um, but this, it's like hill climbing, right? So when you take the, the evolution of the car, you have this radical idea of the car, and it's, it's this total you know, new thing. But from then on, it's actually evolving at a very slow pace, just climbing small hills and changing gradually and, and moving in small parts. If you want to try a completely different hill, saying, like, why don't we rethink mobility completely, you need to actually use a, a different approach. Right? You won't be getting anywhere with the traditional product improvement um, approaches. That's sort of radical innovation, as, as Norman calls it, that cha changes paradigms um, and allows you to do that. This is actually now becoming um, more accessible to us as a, as a society with techniques like rapid prototyping, DIY, 3D printing, open source networks. Anybody can go out and realize an idea, not just in software, but actually also in hardware. And so there's actually a, a general um, sort of feeding ground now for and, and, and uh, fertile ground for making radical innovations as, a, as an individual even uh, that we haven't seen any time before in history. So it's a pretty good time to try these things and uh, be a little more extreme about the ideas you're trying to implement rather than evolutionary improving the state of um, the art. Couple more reading uh, suggestions. Um, this is the, the book by Alan Dix that I've referred to a couple times, especially in the section on notations. A lot of the material was taken from that book. And it's, I think, still the best single volume textbook on HCI for people like us in the engineering and computer science disciplines. Um, 
to, to get a hold of and read up on. Uh, there's also Ben Schneiderman's book, Designing the User Interface, which is now in its fifth edition, an incredibly long-running uh, hit and uh, very successful and gets revised continuously. I think it is especially useful if you are interested in a particular user interface technique, like voice interfaces or gesture interfaces. You take a look at that chapter in, in Schneiderman's book, and he will give you excellent pointers, often updated with fairly current research results um, on that particular area. Now, they haven't been updating this very lately. So the last one is from 2009, and technology is advancing rapidly. But still, I think it's a very good start for exploring. This content was provided by RWTH, Aachen University.